Welcome to Social Justice Matters, a podcast from Social Justice Ireland. My name is Colette Bennett and I'm a research and policy analyst with Social Justice Ireland. I hope everyone is keeping safe and well as the second lockdown continues. As our regular listeners know, Social Justice Ireland produces three types of podcasts. Our SJI interview series, where we interview experts on a range of different and interesting policy themes. Our seminar series, where you get to hear from speakers from our conferences and our seminars. And our 10-minute lesson series, where we give a brief rundown of a policy area focusing on key points. Today's episode is a 10-minute lesson, and it's on participation in local government decision-making and the formation of the public participation networks. So, how did they come about? Well, there needed to be a recognition that real participation goes beyond voting, so representative democracy, to a situation where people and government work in partnership to co-create infrastructure and services, to solve problems and to work towards the well-being of all in this generation and generations to come, what's known as deliberative democracy. This approach demands that power differentials are set aside to make space for views of those who may not traditionally be heard and those who are more marginalised. Detailed country-specific case studies were undertaken and published by the OECD in the mid-1990s. And what they demonstrated was an increasing desire for citizens for greater engagement in political decision-making processes. In 2001, the OECD published Citizens as Partners, the OECD Handbook on Information, Consultation and Public Participation in Policymaking. And what that intended to do was to strengthen government-citizen relations and support the recognition of the importance of consultations and decision-making. This handbook also proposed that countries build a framework for citizen participation based on the following 10 principles. Commitment, rights, clarity, time, objectivity, resources, coordination, accountability, evaluation and active citizenship. In putting these principles into practice, the handbook speaks of the benefit to governments of encouraging active citizenship and the need to invest in both civic education and capacity building and the need to foster civil society, including providing regular opportunities for dialogue. In an Irish context, the publication of Better Local Government, a programme for change in 1996, led to the recognition of local government in the constitution and widespread local government reform. This report also led to the establishment of strategic policy committees, or SPCs, to strengthen local decision-making by broadening participation in the decision-making processes and providing a mechanism for input by sectoral interests, including the community and voluntary sector. The SPCs and their coordinating body, the Corporate Policy Group, were established by the Local Government Act of 2001. And what they do is they assist the Council in the formulation, development and review of policy. They reflect the major functions or services of a local authority within the broader context. They're tailored to the size, membership and administrative resources of a local authority, but generally uh, there are four of them. And they've one third of their membership drawn from sectors relevant to the committee's work. Since 2014, at least one SPC in each local authority area must be established in relation to economic development and enterprise in the area. Following on from that then, the white paper on a framework for supporting voluntary activity and for developing the relationship between the state and the community and voluntary sector lay the foundations for the development of public participation networks by recognising the contribution of the community and voluntary sector to the development of decentralised and participative structures which contribute to the enhancement of a quality of life for all. It further acknowledged the more active role that civil society was coming to play in addressing inequalities and the needs of citizens. 
the White Paper set out a vision for a more participatory society. Underlying this vision were five key principles, one of which was helping people to participate in issues that affect them. While acknowledging that the government is the ultimate decision maker, the White Paper aimed to develop the participation of the community and voluntary sector in partnership and consultation mechanisms. To this end, government committed relevant departments and agencies to undertake to hold regular policy fora on a thematic basis to allow for wider consultation and participation in the policymaking process. The commitment set out in the White Paper, while a welcome step towards the development of a more participatory democracy, were framed in the context of a particular circumstances and needs involved as determined by the state and a need to balance community participation against democratically elected governments. This understates the imbalance of power between community groups, state actors and industry lobbyists in shaping policies. Mechanisms for enhancing participation were also discussed within this paper, but stopped short of recommending any dedicated forum for deliberative democracy. Following on from that then, the Task Force on Active Citizenship, established in 2006 by the Department of the Taoiseach to lead a national conversation on the extent to which citizens engage in the issues that affect them and their communities, its report set out a vision for what active citizenship could look like and made a series of recommendations to government across five thematic areas, including participation in the democratic process, the public service and citizens, community engagement and promoting a sense of community, education for citizenship, and ethnic and cultural diversity and the challenge of engaging newcomers. However, it's only in the implementation section of the report that the task force addresses the democratic deficit at local level due to the absence of meaningful opportunities for participation. Recommendations on civil participation at local level mainly centred on the need to strengthen the existing community fora, the requirement that public agencies consult with the fora on areas of community development and the establishment of local civic participation structures where gaps exist. The need to develop these structures were further addressed in Putting People First, Action Programme for Effective Local Government. This report recognised the importance of open and inclusive policymaking processes, grounded in openness and transparency. It also acknowledged the vital role played by public participation mechanisms in how citizens engage in issues that affect them and their communities, and the benefits of this engagement to both local and national governments. In 2014, the Working Group on Citizen Engagement published its report, which recommended the establishment of the public participation networks in each of the 31 local authority areas. This was achieved through the Local Government Reform Act of 2014, which put public participation networks, or PPNs, on a statutory footing. In giving effect to this legislation, the Department of Environment, Community and Local Government chose four pilot areas for the establishment of the first PPNs, Leash, Tipperary, Galway County and South Dublin, to enable the public to take an active formal role in relevant policymaking and oversight committees of the local authority. This was then quickly followed by the rollout of the PPN structure across all local authority areas. Since early 2014, the PPNs have evolved from the initial induction period through the development period to the consolidation period and are now firmly established and recognised as the main conduit by which local authorities engage with their communities, with a membership of more than 15,000 organisations from the community and voluntary, social inclusion and environmental sectors. In particular, certain local authority structures, such as the Strategic Policy Committees and Local Community Development Committees, must source community representation through the PPNs. 
Acknowledging that the PPNs are in their relative infancy, a case study on the PPNs conducted by the Centre for Effective Services on behalf of the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform acknowledged the achievement by the PPNs of a huge level of engagement within the local government structure. The case study noted the expanding and inclusive membership of the PPNs, their status as an established communications channel between local government and their member groups, and a source of high quality citizen engagement as positive aspects of the PPN engagement. While noting that there are lessons to be learned from the exercise, the recommendations following the conclusion of the case study centred more on change management, investing in relations and matching resources with the emerging needs of the PPN stakeholders than improvements to the civic participation mechanisms employed by the PPNs and the local authorities. It must be noted in this regard that the aim of the case study was not to provide a comprehensive review of the efficacy or operations of the PPNs, but to review a certain aspect of community engagement. The PPN structure is underpinned by a set of principles and values, modelled on those put forward by the Council of Europe in their guidelines on civic participation and set out in the PPN user guide. These are inclusive, all volunteer-led organisations in their area and actively seeking the inclusion of groups which may traditionally be marginalised. They must be participatory, open, welcoming, respectful, collaborative and facilitary. The PPN will encourage participation by members in all aspects of its operation. It's a flat structure. Clear communications to and from members using a variety of traditional and new mechanisms are essential to achieving this. The PPN should support new or inexperienced members to develop their skills and capacity. They must be independent from the local authority and of any vested interests. An open, flat and participatory working structures must be put in place to support this. They must value diversity and recognise that the sectors are broad and made up of people with many different opinions. It's not expected that the PPNs will come up with a one-voice response, but that it will feed back the issues and suggestions raised by a broad range of environmental, social inclusion, community and voluntary groups. They must be transparent in their processes and procedures and their dealings with their member groups and their representatives and local authorities. The PPN should communicate openly, regularly and clearly with all members. And they must be accountable to their member groups via implementing and abiding by good governance structures, policies and procedures. The main way in which PPNs facilitate participation in local democracy is through the nomination and election of representatives onto the local authority committees and boards. These representatives are nominated either by full membership of the PPN, also called the plenary, or by a linkage group or thematic network established for the purpose of nominating and supporting PPN representatives on a particular committee or theme, or by one of the three PPN colleges, the Community and Voluntary College, the Social Inclusion College, or the Environmental College. In agreeing to be nominated, PPN representatives undertake to uphold the principles and values of the PPN and to represent the PPN rather than his or her own views or member group. The framework for participation recommended by the Working Group on Citizen Engagement with Local Government was that developed by the Council of Europe, which follows a progression from least participatory to most participatory. Social Justice Ireland are currently working to produce a report on the alignment of the PPNs with this framework due to be published later this year. Join us next week, where we'll be talking about just one of the ways in which the PPNs are creating a more deliberative democracy, the development of visions for community well-being. This is a timely topic, given the focus on national government on well-being indicators in the last budget. 
We hope you found this interesting. If you've any suggestions for what you would like to see included in our podcasts, please do get in touch at secretary at socialjustice.ie. Until next week, stay safe.